Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. In these final days of summer, if you haven't already, you're going to start hearing and seeing a lot more stories about a big anniversary that's coming up. Lehman Brothers, a 158-year-old firm, filed for bankruptcy. Stocks all around the world are tanking. The collapse of the giant investment bank Lehman Brothers sent shockwaves around the globe. In September 2008, Lehman Brothers failed, marking a decisive moment when the U.S. economy plunged headlong into what we now call the Great Recession. But there's another anniversary that's not getting as much attention that also happened around this time, 10 years before that, in August of 1998. And at the center of that crisis was another financial firm, Long-Term Capital Management. With me to discuss what happened and the lessons we should have learned from that crash is Rob Cox, global editor at Reuters Breaking Views. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. So first, Long-Term Capital Management, what exactly was it? It was some of the smartest people in finance in a hedge fund in Greenwich, Connecticut that made tons of money. And then it had a couple of Nobel Prize winning economists. They had gotten all of Wall Street to give them, you know, huge amounts of capital. Everyone was in a way mesmerized by long-term capital management, which was, you know, effectively the largest hedge fund in the world. So what did they do exactly? Well, their basic idea is to take advantage of inefficiencies in the marketplace. So if you see a bond from the U.S. government that comes due in 30 years and a bond that comes due in 29 and a half years, they're basically the same security. But there's a slight difference in the way they trade. They would then buy one of it, sell the other, and that tiny little difference may not be a lot. But if you add a billion dollars of debt to it, you can make a ton of money. And they did that across the spectrum of bonds, stocks, all sorts of securities all around the world. So then how did they get into trouble? In August of 1998, Russia defaulted on its debts. That really was not expected. Everyone knew Russia was in trouble, but all of a sudden around the world, people just sold their risky securities and went into less risky securities. So that 30-year, the one that was more liquid, say, went up in value. The one that's a little less liquid went down, and that opened the differential or the spread that long-term capital was meant to make its money on. So by the end of August, they had lost $2.5 billion, which is half of their capital. So what was the fear, though, that just because they lost this money, what was the concern for the rest of the financial system? Well, first of all, they needed capital. So all those banks that I was telling you about that were so happy to lend them money and take them on golf outings and put them in private jets, all of a sudden they were calling, hey, guys, you know, we kind of need some capital. We we need some collateral. Can you help us? Um, So that starts to put the squeeze on them. At the same time, all the banks also have exposure to these securities. And they're worried that if long-term capital management has to start selling things in a hurry, then that's going to depress all the markets all around the world and all of their balance sheets and all everything they have on their trading desk will fall in value. So then they were afraid of essentially the kind of thing we saw 10 years later when Lehman Brothers went bust. So there was a fear of like a real financial crisis uh, spreading through the whole system. Yeah, yeah like long-term capital management had about $100 billion of stuff, of, of securities, right? If that $100 billion of stuff had to all of a sudden be sold in a hurry, and some of it was, you know, funky stuff that there weren't a whole lot of buyers for, you know, you would have had real crisis in the markets. It would have been basically what we saw in 2008. So what was the response? The Federal Reserve Bank of New York got all these banks together, 14 of them. They all basically put in 
enough money to recapitalize long-term capital management to basically make them whole so that they would not have to sell everything in a hurry, but could slowly, as the markets adjusted and recovered and get their money back. And in fact, the banks all did get their money back from the bailout, as it were. And that was a bailout, by the way, not done with taxpayer money, but it, it contained what could have been a really big crisis in the global financial markets. And it sounds like that bailout worked. Yeah, I mean, that bailout worked in the sense that if you go back to 2008, you see what might have been had they not done it. And that may be one of the reasons why we're all sitting here writing our 10-year anniversaries when we should be thinking about our 20-year anniversary stories about the lesson we saw so close up but didn't act upon. Well, what do you think the lessons are that we should have learned from the collapse of long-term capital management? I mean, the most obvious one, and this was actually contained in a report that the president had done in 1998. Uh, you know, they've created a working group to examine it. Leverage kills, it kills pretty absolutely. If you have way too much debt and your trade goes wrong, it's game over. And remember, you know, long-term capital management was probably buying $40 of stuff with a dollar of capital. It's actually what Lehman Brothers and all the banks went on to do in the next 10 years. The same banks that bailed out long-term capital. Although, let me be Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns, curiously, at the end of the day, did not put money in to the bailout. And And those are the two that went under in 2008. Um, But the other one was that your measure of financial risk isn't as easy as saying, oh, well, what do the balance sheet look like? What do they have on their books? Because there's derivatives, and we don't have a clear picture on it. So those are the two kind of lessons, like clear recommendations made by this presidential working group, of course, nothing was done to solve those problems or or to give some sort of meaning to the lesson. And did the banks learn the lesson when you look at 2008? Clearly, they didn't. I mean, you look at some of the banks. Merrill Lynch was deeply involved with long-term capital management. And yet Merrill Lynch, you know, look, 10 years later, they had essentially done with their business what long-term capital did in the mortgage business. They basically took all this stuff, held it on their books, uh, made giant loans that they couldn't repay. So if the lessons of 1998 were not learned in 2008, what are the lessons of 2008 that you think we haven't learned that might be the crisis the next time we have one? It's almost like there was just this excessive confidence in the system as a result of, you know, maybe it was because these banks were like, oh, we're smarter than those long-term capital guys. Oh, well, the Fed was here to help us. And, oh, you know, look how it all worked out that we got into that problem in 2008. And I, I wonder if, if we're not still a little too confident that we did all the right things. But of course, hard to say. I mean, you know, there are a bunch of things out there in the marketplace that people worry about. So just on a final note here, the thing that really kicked off long-term capital management's troubles was the Russian default. And I'm just wondering, what kind of effect did that have on Russia? And do we see those trends today? Well, it's quite interesting. The, The Russian economic meltdown, you could argue, ushered in the career of Vladimir Putin. In fact, in late July 1998, Boris Yeltsin was in his vacation home. He comes back to Moscow as things are going, you know, terribly. Everyone expects that he's going to reshuffle the cabinet. Comes in, he does one thing. He fires the head of the FSB, or the former KGB, and brings in this guy from, you know, some nobody named Vladimir Putin. Within a year, Vladimir Putin is actually one of the first deputy prime ministers of Russia. And obviously, we know what happened from there. So, A lot of seeds were planted, arguably, in global finance and politics and economies as a result of long-term capital management's demise. Rob Cox is the global editor at Reuters Breaking Views. Rob, thanks so much. Pleasure to be here. I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC. 